0: Hello, friend and neighbor, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Peter Stormare is known for a lot of his acting roles, including the woodchipper guy from the movie Fargo or the nihilist from The Big Lebowski. Paul Leslie was really honored to speak with Peter and feels they've formed kind of a bond. At the time of this interview, Peter was playing the role of John Abruzzi, the popular television show Prison Break. And ladies and gentlemen, he's also been in the news quite a bit lately for the movie he stars in, The Grand Duke of Corsica. You can stream The Grand Duke of Corsica now. What you may not realize is that Peter Stormare is an incredibly talented songwriter and recording artist. It was U2's Bono who first encouraged him to make albums. And in this interview, Peter Stormare talks about his music, his friendship with Jeff Bridges, his band, Blonde from Fargo, and the television show Prison Break. And just remember one more thing while I have your attention. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by the listeners, by you. It's the listeners, it's you who keep it going. And you can help us with our mission of telling the human story by going to the slash support, com slash support. Thanks to everyone who's contributing. Well, here it is, folks, the Peter Stormare interview. And we hope we have the chance to welcome Peter Stormare again. Paul?
1: Now, today's guest, Peter Stormare, has been in a lot of television shows and movies. Today, he's here to talk about his band, so we're going to play an ultra-cool interview we did with Peter Stormare. Here is the one and only, the actor, the nihilist, Peter Stormare. Welcome, Peter Stormare, to the program. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing excellent, good, but I hate the weather out here in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but internally, I'm I'm super good. So most people know you as an actor, but uh, how did you get interested in music?
2: Music has always been there at my side as a young kid, and um, started with Hendrix, I guess. Beatles White Album, Jimi Hendrix. Electric Leyland, and later Led Zeppelin and all that, and uh, just stayed with me when I entered into the theater. I, always, I directed a lot of theater in my younger days. I always had great music on stage like Brian Eno or rock music. I, I always wanted to combine modern music with, with old drama. And I also directed opera, and I love opera. I love all different kinds of music, but it's always been there, and I'm I've, I've just waiting for the right time to have the right band around me, and I'm old enough to do this now. It's a hobby that's taken its own life. It's just snowballed, and um, we have an album coming out in January. It's going to be on iTunes in late December. And it's it's just a fantastic thing. It's a phenomenal thing that I started like two years ago, and it's just taken off. And because of the Internet and the web all over the world, have people calling in and ordering stuff. You know, it's, it's
1: fantastic. And uh, I understand that you, T.U.'s Bono, uh, had something to do with inspiring you or encouraging you Well, I was doing a movie called Million Dollar Hotel and I was supposed to strum the
2: guitar and sing some snippets of songs here and there. And they were supposed to be like a Beatles influence because it was all about a guy who thought it was a reincarnation of John Lennon or that he actually was John Lennon. And uh, I got the twang down and I got the job. And while I was doing the job... Bona said that uh, he had some suggestions of songs that I was supposed to play. And I listened to the songs, and then I went home and composed some other songs. And I said, listen to these these songs, or this song. And he said, wow, that's really good. Where did you find it? I said, no, I did it." And then I played them some poor tracks. And he said, Peter, this is darn good. This is really good songs. So get the band together. As soon as you can, and start recording the material, and that's what I did. And it took a while to find the right musicians, but now I have great people behind me. And whenever I'm not shooting a movie or doing Prison Break, I'm back in Los Angeles recording. So um, he he was a great in, inspiration, and he kicked my ass, so to speak. And <laughs> Usually I I only played with myself on a four track or a garage band out in my little home studio, but he really encouraged me to to put it down, you know, make CDs and get out there and perform with the
1: band, and that's what I'm doing now when I have the time, and it's awesome. And your band is called Blonde from Fargo, from obviously the uh, the the film Fargo. Yeah, well the.
2: You know when what
1: <laughs> any band that starts it doesn't matter if
2: you're ten years old or you know sixty years old it's always hard to you always sit down and try to come up with a great name for a band and we didn't have a real good name and and we just performed and we took a new name every night more or less but but I was always introduced or the band were introduced like, you know, like Dino and, us and his D-nets or whatever we called it, you know, or, or Sneaky Pete and his, you know, Honky Pete or whatever name we came up with. But uh, before we went on, they always introduced us like, well, here's Sneaky Pete and his Tricky Pete or whatever, <laughs> Trick or Treat. But um, the guy... Who runs the band? Who writes all the material and up lead lead singer. He's more known as the Blonde from Fargo, and they kept doing that a couple of times, mm-hmm. and and people stopped screaming, and it. it was actually my phenomenal drummer Matt Log, who came up with the IA band name and said after a couple of gigs, that's a darn good name when they announced as Blonde from Fargo. Sounds like a big, voluptuous lady coming in with an accordion, doing some polka-punk. And um, that's how the name came in. I hated it at first. I didn't want to ride on being in a movie. And, but it was a good name. Everybody loved the name. So hopefully,
1: um, you know, people seem to like it. BFF, Best Friends Forever. My other question was about the song, Spun. Um, Is that a biographical, or an autobiographical song, or? It was actually a request
2: from, from a director who did a movie called Spun. And I was in the movie, and it's three years ago, and he wanted two songs from me. And I wrote Spun and a song called Circles. And Spun was actually inspired by all the kids I met, because it's the real, Real story about kids doing the methamphetamine themselves. They're like between 20 and 25 years old, and they are chemists. They are so darn smart, but, but some of them are so messed up in their heads, but they know everything about what to get in right day, the save or Walgreens, you know, they go in, they know exactly how many packages of this drug and this and this, and then they boil it for 48 hours, so for 78 hours, no more than 143 degrees Fahrenheit, either, otherwise it will explode. And it was during that time of meeting these people that some of them I felt like were they felt they had no place in the society. So they, they said, what the heck, I, you know, I'm just doing this. I'm creating my own methamphetamine. I sell it. I make a lot of money and I take it myself. It was hard to see young people being so convinced that they were unwanted in our society. So that's how the lyrics came down. And that, like you're born with a feeling of being a cho- chosen one, a chosen one that is not needed and this society is always kicked out. And there's only one way to go and that is to go into darkness. Which I think you shouldn't because we're all here for a specific reason. But so many of them had that darkness around them so it it's sad to see. And that whole that whole homemade drug industry that's going on whenever you hear about a fire in a motel or in a trailer park you know it's a lab that's going up a flame and they create a lot of unclean drugs for kids so it's not like when I was young you drank a bad bottle of wine and you promised God and everybody around you you will never ever ever do this again because I don't want to feel this horrible but today when they take a drug if it's unclean it's one of our fastest-growing diseases is to take care of young kids between 15 and 25 who guys take some brain damages because of unclean drugs. They buy, you know, for $5 and they just eat everything. So it's, it's quite a – that's why I want to do an upbeat song that you can dance to, but I always wanted to write some really heavy lyrics to it, some real, real reality mixed into the songs. And halfway through, dancing through the song, you start listening to the lyrics and said, what the hell is this about, really? So it's not my, it's, well, it's, I experienced, not myself, but I sat with people who had experienced this. It just came out in
1: a couple of hours, maybe, with lyrics and everything. And recently you played with uh, Jeff Bridges at the Lebowski fest,
2: yeah, 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 that was great fun playing in front of those crazy people, <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff is fantastic i mean he he also do music sort of my way, my way I, he uh, he he uh, um he does what he wants to do and he creates it you know. He takes a little bit of his own money and he works together with people that really likes him and likes his mu- music. Same with me. And, uh, yeah, we have stayed friends since the big Lobovsky. And, um, this was a good time to join forces and, and, and be at the Lobovsky Fest and play. And it was a big hit. Jeff's music is a little, little bit different than mine. Jeff, my music is entirely original. I can't do covers because covers are so hard. And usually the songs I love the best are done by the best. So to do a Nirvana or a Clash cover is horrible because when you listen to yourself, it sounds shitty (laughs) compared to to the original. So uh, I'm not very good at it I've always written my own songs they've been performed by other bands and recorded in Sweden by other bands but I can't do anything else but my own my own originals and I love to write in English and I love to play you know in my second language American but I'm American now I'm a citizen so it's becoming more and more my first language and, and I love to write in this beautiful language and and to put down the words and just find some great lyrics for for some cool simple chords. A lot of people know you
1: as John Abruzzi from the the Fox show Prison Break. Yeah. Um, But recently, I guess, you've had a conversion to uh, Christianity and uh, got a kind of close shave. (laughs) Will we be seeing you again on Prison Break? Oh, I
2: I'm not really sure there. I'm not really sure because um, I have a lot of movies lined up, and I don't know if I have time to continue doing Prison Break because it's such a <clears throat> a hard business. But um, I don't know what the network decides whether I'm alive or not. It's a mystery as it is now.
1: Yeah, I kind of uh, noticed it was like
2: uh,
1: I wasn't sure.
2: <laughs> you no, know, no one is really sure. <laughs> it's kind of a mystery to us all we'll see they will solve it in, in, in a week's time or two weeks' time we'll see it might be the biggest cliffhanger of the season or it might just be my grand finale <laughs> depends uh, how Fox wants to shoot it and when they want to shoot it and uh, it, because they're going to close down the show for nearly half a year to broadcast and they haven't really decided whether they're going to continue shooting now because the snow is going to come down and it's supposed to look like March-April. In the shows, it's very hard to have two feet of snow on the ground all of a sudden. <laughs> so um, the show is now being, being discussed on top level if we should close down for a while or if we should continue shooting. So it might be the biggest cliffhanger or it might just be gone. So I, I'm 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 not really sure myself, but I have so many other beautiful offers to do movies. So you just move on from one project to the other if you're if you're a lucky fellow like I am. But uh, his conversion to to redemption and uh, maybe that he had a revelation, that's an old idea from the beginning. That's always been in the originator's brain. Paul Scheringer, the guy who who made it has has the plot for three years in his head. My character is built on a guy called Gregorio Vabrucci and he was a gambler and a and a murderer and a soldier in the sixteenth and seventeenth century. And then he had he saw an operation of Jesus Christ and he became like born again and uh, started something called the Red Cross and sometimes he fell back into gambling and and and, and killing and fighting and uh, being in war and but then he came back to it and he got got together i mean the hardest is, is like a, they worked like a mafia they walked around Rome in big, big black robes and they had a white white shirt under it with with a red cross and they knocked on doors, on rich people doors and said, we need money because we need to set up soup kitchens, we need shelters for our poor. And those people were so intimidated because they gave the money away. That's how it started. Later on, this guy, Abruzzi, Gregorio Abruzzi, he... um, went to um, the battlefields and said we're wearing this red cross which means we're untouchable, the untouchables. We can walk into the fields and we will take care of the wounded. And both sides agreed on it and they were sort of untouched and so it's built on that character and from the beginning before we even started shooting that was part of the plan that I had this transformation And that I forgive the most vicious son of a gun in the prison, and he shanks me, and uh, we'll see if it's a cliffhanger or not.
1: (laughs) You have to wait until May, I guess. Do you think growing up in Sweden has uh, made you, makes you come from a different perspective than most songwriters and most actors. Yeah, and also
2: because of, I think also yeah that is one one of the reasons. And the second reason is that I'm 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 not a good musician. I'm sort of kind of mediocre, but I play some piano, I play some bass, and I play. But I play good enough to come up with simple chords and simple bass riffs and simple piano licks because I can't play more complicated. And whenever my band members hear my, what should I say, my template, the thing, I usually put down myself bass, a drum drum loop, and I put down my own bass and two guitars, and I do my, my harmonies myself. And usually when they hear the original, what I have done, they say, that's a darn good bass riff because I think the musicians I'm working with, and a lot of musicians are so good, like the guitars on You Don't Want Me, that's me. Live, live, sort of, to the track. It's nothing we did afterwards. It's me playing while we lay down the the track. And we kept it all through because no one else can play it. And now my two guitar players are with me on stage. They have to ask me all the time, how the hell do you play this? <laughs> and it's so simple, so, so none of those guitarists can play whatever you tell them to play. But they haven't really figured out how to do you don't the solo and you don't want me, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And so I build my songs on very, very simple chords, and I think that's why people tend to like it a lot. Because it's simple, it's like you heard the song before. It's, it's, you know, it, it's not so complicated, and it usually has a groove to it. So it goes straight into your, you can start moving along, and um, I think that is two components that i that that I'm not from this country. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid what people are saying. I don't care. I do it my way anyway. I can't do it any other way. And secondly, that I am just a mediocre musician. So I can't do... I do a lot of strange chords and then, and then my guitar says, Petey, you're playing a G major 9 here. That's an odd chord but it sounds cool. Oh, I, I don't know. Just I just strum it this way. So, I don't know really what chords I'm
1: playing. <laughs> so I think that's an advantage sometimes. So, is any of your music going to appear in any movies coming out? I hope so. I've, I've written for. Uh,
2: I had a couple of independents, like the movie Spun, and another movie, independent movie. now. they're all out on DVDs now. And. Uh, I've written for a movie coming out called The Templar. I wrote the end credits for it. And there's another movie, too, that I wrote the end credits for. And then me and and a partner of mine are doing music for two independent
1: movies. So, So it's moving. We got a couple of emails from people, and I thought this was kind of a funny question that they wanted me to ask you. Yeah. About Prison Break. Yeah. Dr. Sarah or Veronica? Yeah. Dr. Sarah or Veronica?
2: Yeah. Sarah is more my type. Sarah is more my type. (laughs) Good, good. You know, and she's for caring. She takes care of you. Imagine going to bed, she looks after you. She's a nurse or doctor. She will do exams every night and you will never have to go to the doctor. She takes care of you all the time. (laughs) And she's very, very pretty, and, you know, you can't have a better life than to be married to a doctor, and a doctor that is good-looking. And Robin is, Robin is nice and good-looking, too, but, but, you know, she's not a doctor.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, medical bills can get expensive. And I, and I don't need a lawyer in my life. <laughs> I paid too many lawyers already. I don't, pay, I don't need them in my
1: life in five <laughs> private life. Nine and five is okay. Well, I have one more question. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot. All right. This program goes out all over the world. Yeah. And so what I want to ask you, Peter Stormare, what would you like to say to the world? All your f- fans in Sweden, all your fans in America, everyone who's listening. Well, that's a tricky one because I grew up with with
2: a mother that taught me fine she's with me up here now celebrating thanksgiving
1: but um
2: uh, it's kind of hard but she always said you got to think positive you got to stay positive because if you don't the negative side is winning And we have a duty, I think, every morning to raise up from our beds and say, you know, thank you, and we don't have to thank God, but but thank you, life, that I'm breathing. And try to stay positive, because positive vibrations are spreading all over the world, and will make this world a better one. But... People tend to fall into the trap of negativity so easily and start worrying about payments of a car or a mortgage or whatever so we we tend to forget how amazing it is to be alive and to be part of this world. So my message is every morning thank life that you're alive and breathing and send out some positive energy that will save a lot of people in, in other parts of the world. It's as impossible, you know, to give just $10 to charity somewhere and then go back and to become a whining and bitching personality, it's not a good thing. You can make more miracles in this world by being open and positive and sharing your laughters and smile with other people. It became long now, but it's... a. Uh, it's like John Lennon writing the song, Imagine. You might look at the song like it's very childish and maybe very sort of a little pathetic, why thing about this, you know. Let's join hands all over the world. But, but he believed in it. And that's why he was such a special personality. He believed in every darn word he said. And he, he said, you know, just a little tiny bit you can do by yourself will, will spread. So in, in his honor, just to go on and make this world a little better one. That's the only thing we can do as human
1: beings. Very good. <laughs> Thank you for Jim Long We'll have to play. We'll have to play "Imagine" on the show. <laughs> beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It's it's so simple. It's
2: just it's like unbelievable. And he was not a real good piano player. But I know I read about Nicky Hopkins that played with him on the album. John Lennon played, you know, for him. And then I said Nicky Hopkins should play it, and Nicky played it. And he said I couldn't play the shit. You know, it's didn't sound the same. So I said, John, you have to play it. Okay, but it's just like this, it's very simple, Nikki. I know, he said, but it's, I can't play it like you. Get the timing out, so, so he played it himself, John Lennon. Also because he wasn't the best piano player. He knew some basics, but he knew enough just to do that little piece, you know, and it's very, very simple. It's something a good pianist never would have come up with.
0: Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primorano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primorano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie, and we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.